This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks. UFC 284 on tap tonight. I'm going to give my thoughts on the fight just because UFC did not promote this at all. So for those of you who don't know, it is Alexander Volkanovsky jumping up in weight class to fight Islam Mahachev at 155 pounds. You know, at lightweight, this is a mismatch. If we were at 145, this is Volk all day. At 155, Mahashev has the weight to actually, because he, he cannot fit at 145. It, it just, this guy's a 155er. I look at this, and this comes down to Mahashev's wrestling versus Volkanovsky just being an alpha. Because I think this is an interesting fight. And I'm going to give my thoughts on this fight a little bit later, but this is a very interesting one because the public money is on Volk. The DFS slate reflects uh, Volk's odds. And it's a weird one. It's like I got to think about this from a game theory perspective from how I want to bet it versus um, a game theory standpoint. So we, we are going to... We're going to go uh, into that one a bit further, so uh, more to come there, but uh, going to give a couple of picks on the fights that I'm looking forward to and I think uh, are going to be a good uh, opportunity here. Uh, so in the uh, undercard, we got Lomo Lukabumne uh, at a minus 280 favorite against Elise Reed. Uh, Loma is basically at 115 pounds. She just throws significant strikes and takedowns. Like, this is a complete mismatch. Uh, Luka Bume is minus 280. And for some reason, the the odds to finish inside the distance are at 200. I think you could take Luka Bume to finish inside the distance at plus 330. And this is one of those where, yeah, she could just end up winning the fight. And, yeah... 
it might go to a decision, but I think if she gets this girl down, she she could just pummel her. And usually when these, uh, in the, the female fights, when it's a clear mismatch and one, one side's just getting punched in the face repeatedly, the refs are not going to stand them up. Uh, and, and not just, uh, and not just, uh, 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 allow them to take too much damage. So I, I think Loma is well in play to finish inside the distance. I, I like this one quite a bit, uh, to be perfectly honest. So, uh, that's one of the fights that I'm kind of focusing on and they kind of go from there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, uh, Loma, uh, takes this fight and finishes inside the distance. So, um, it's plus 200, uh, to fit, finish inside the distance, but for Loma to finish it inside the distance, it's plus 330. Uh, but I think there's Loma all day and we, we take it from there. Uh, next fight that I'm interested in is Kletzen Rodriguez, uh, versus Shannon Ross. This is minus 135 to finish at inside the distance at 125 pounds. Uh, Rodriguez, uh, had a bad start to his UFC career. But when we are kind of looking at it, uh, looking at this, I'll be honest. Uh, this is uh, another step down in competition. Uh, I don't think Shannon Ross is particularly good. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's one where basically he's minus three twenty to finish, uh, uh, minus three twenty uh, to win the fight. And it opened at minus 183. So you see the line swell even further. Minus 320. I think, again, another one where you take to finish inside the distance. He's only plus 130. I think this is a no-brainer. Um, Rodriguez finished inside the distance. Um, he's a good striker. Uh, but he could also submit this dude. I, I think wherever this fight goes, uh, Rodriguez uh, is better than Ross. I think... The USC uh, gave him that initial fight. Uh, Rodriguez had initial fight. It was a close split decision loss. I thought um, it was pretty close. Could have gone either way. I think they give him this step down of competition to showcase him a bit more, build back up his confidence. I think uh, this one finishes uh, in short order. I think Kletzen walks through this dude, and we kind of go from there. Next up, we have the closest fight line of the night in Josh Kulabau versus um, Malish Bagadesarian. Um, I don't know. It, like, this is a this is a really t- tight fight at 145. I would say that from my standpoint, I think Kulabau is pretty good uh, on the mat, and if he just gets this to the mat enough times, I think he finishes inside the distance. Again, this is one of those where it's plus 110 to finish inside the distance, but I think he can get the finish here. I'm not I'm not as uh, sold on uh, Melsic as others are. And, you know, his background's kickboxing. He's not necessarily a grappler. I, you know, striker versus grappler... I'm just not as uh, convinced on Milesk as other folks are, so I'm going to be heavy on cool about this uh, this fight, uh, and we kind of go from there. But uh, that's where I'm landing with uh, uh, my picks here. Next up, 
This is minus 450 to finish inside the distance between Alonzo Menefield and Jimmy Crew. Jimmy Crew walks straight, chin up, hands further down than they should be, and you know this this could be a barn burner because uh, Jimmy Crew can wrestle, but the thing is he leaves himself so exposed. So. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, the last time we saw Jimmy Crute was uh, just over a year ago where he fought Anthony Smith uh, in a UFC fight night, was a heavy favorite, and Anthony Smith broke his shin, uh, well, broke Crute's uh, shin with leg ki- uh, uh, calf kicks because he wouldn't check, uh, he he would not check the kicks. And, j- and <laughs> like, Anthony Smith just brutalized this guy's leg. I mean, it was bad. Um, because he couldn't stand. The uh, the leg uh, leg was fractured. It was an entire mess. And long layoff and rehabilitation process followed Jimmy Crute there. But I'm still not convinced that he's been able to work on his striking enough in that time. And Menefield is one of those guys, even though he's an underdog at plus 160, he has knockout power with every punch he throws. The issue is Menefield gasses out easily. So to me, you can bet Menefield to have a first round knockout win and you know do it at plus uh, three hundred money, and that's not the craziest thing in the world. The longer this fight goes, uh, the the more it favors Crute being able to time up when Menefield gets tired and takes him down. And grinds out a decision victory. But, yeah, to me, this is a live betting opportunity. But I'm on the men and field side. I still think even in the second round he can knock out Crute. I just think Crute fights way too open to feel comfortable with. And someone like Menefield can absolutely punish him. And if it gets to a third round, then, yeah, live bet Crute, whatever the number's at. Because he should be able to take him down and finish him, knowing how tired Menefield gets, and we'll be looking for a way out. Uh, just the way I kind of look at the fight. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'll get into a few more fights that I have interest in, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Have a uh, stick around. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, we are back, and we have a fight at heavyweight, and I do mean heavyweight, at 265. One of these guys is probably going to be over 265 between Justin Taffa and Parker Porter. Like At weigh-ins, Taffa was uh, just over the weight limit. I think he was at 266. This is the, first, this is the guy who actually missed weight because usually they give you a pound and a half allowance at heavyweight. Like this guy missed it by over ten pounds, uh, Justin Taffa. Um, it, listen, tonight both these guys are going to be uh, pushing close to three hundred. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to be brutally honest with you guys. But this fight's expected to finish inside the distance. The prop is at minus two hundred. I just look at it from the standpoint of this might not even make it out of round one. Um, I would bet the under on one and a half rounds between the two of these guys. Because even if it makes it out of the first round, by the start of the second round, they're both going to be so tired that the first good shot one of these guys lands, it's going to be lights out. Because they're going to just drop from the exhaustion. So it just kind of comes down to who gets the shot in. Is it going to be Parker Porter? Or is it going to be Taffa? This is about as low-level MMA as you can get. Um, but it's, it is what it is at this point, uh, given the dilution of the talent pool across different MMA uh, promotions. But from a heavyweight standpoint, they both have knockout power. Porter uh, has uh, uh, takedowns in his repertoire, but Taffa has uh, more KO power. Uh, To me, if Porter gets this on the ground, he's going to pound him out and we'll get the finish that way. If it stays on the feet, Taffa more than likely clips Porter and drops him on his ass. Uh, to me, this absolutely finishes inside the distance. The other question is, does it make it out of round one? Um, I would just bet the under on one and a half rounds and go from there. Um, but, uh, interesting, uh, to say the least, uh, how, uh, how this one made it onto, uh, the main car. Cause I don't understand. <laughs> like, I like, I really, I don't understand that one. Um, that being on the main card. Uh, next up. Jack Della Maddalena versus Randy Brown. Uh, minus 190 to finish inside the distance. Uh, Maddalena is a minus 325 favorite over Brown, who comes in at plus 270 as a dog. Uh, I don't like this fight for Randy Brown from the standpoint of he likes to stay at range, just outside the pocket. But what we've seen out of uh, Della Maddalena is... He just gets into your kitchen and forces the action. And because of his hand speed, he catches you with shots uh, that you aren't expecting. And I'm wondering if this is a one where uh, Randy Brown gets caught uh, looking if looking behind, if you will, as to uh, what uh, Della Maddalena is going to throw. Because he's he's been saying in the, in the lead-up to the fight that uh, it's a very predictable hand speed, and uh, he, he'll be able to f- sort it out. Uh, I don't know about that. I think Madalena's hand speed is basically up there at 170 uh, in the welterweight division with uh, guys who do not want to have their name called by Madalena. To me, I think he's going to be a future title contender within a year or so. Whether or not he cashes in on that uh, remains to be seen, but uh, I think it's... Uh, pretty clear cut in terms of uh, 
uh, dominance there and what uh, what we're going to see out of Madalena. Uh, you know, could Randy Brown actually get it done? Sure. But my concern with Madalena is the fact that the way he can crowd you, I, I don't think Randy Brown's going to be able to move around the cage for 15 minutes. I think Madalena is going to catch him. Maybe not in the first round, but it's in the three round fight. I, I think probably by the second round he he gets the finish, if not earlier. So uh, we'll, we'll see if Randy Brown can pull off the upset. But I, I'm not necessarily feeling all that confident in Randy Brown's chances, uh, though. All right, so let's go to our co-main event: Yair Rodriguez, a minus one ninety favorite against Josh Emmett. Uh, at 145 pounds, uh, you know, th- this is for the interim federate uh, championship. Uh, the winner of this is going to f- fight Alexander Volkanovsky at, at some point down the road. Uh, sh- truth be told, I think uh, Josh Emmett lost the Calvin Cater fight. Uh, you know, I don't think Emmett should be here. Uh, you know, it's not that Emmett isn't a quality fighter. I think he's more in that gatekeeper range. I think Yair Alex. Uh, uh, Yair Rodriguez uh, basically mixes it up from a striking standpoint with his legs, leg kicks and his boxing uh, gets uh, Emmett into a couple of at disadvantageous positions because Emmett needs this fight on the ground. I don't think he's going to. Um, I, I I don't think he's going to be able to uh, do much of anything uh, to Yair because even if he somehow gets this to the mat. Yair is very good off his back, forcing submissions. Uh, he can get arm bars. Uh, we've seen it. Uh, to me, Yair is all around the better fighter. I'm probably going to be locking him for DFS purposes at 8,500. I just think it's way too much value there for a guy I expect to win the fight. Um, you know, a, maybe maybe I throw in a lineup or two out of 20. Uh, and that's like kind of the way I would go out with Josh Emmett, but I just don't see it with him. I know he's going to be popular, but I- I'm just not seeing it. Um, I think it's a it's pretty clear cut. Uh, Yair wins this. And he fights Volk, and Volk beats him. <laughs> it's like uh, it, it's not even a knock. It's just I think Volk is still that much better than the rest of these dudes in the division. The other guy who could hang with him is Max Holloway, and we saw what Volk did to Max. Like he absolutely dominated that fight. Uh, I would expect a future matchup between him and Yair to go the same way, but we shall see. And yeah, in the main event, Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovski at one fifty-five. I think uh, Volk is way more powerful than people are giving him credit for. I think he's going to give uh, a lot of trouble. In my opinion, I think there's going to be a lot of trouble posed to Islam in certain regards because I think Islam's going to be able to take him to the ground and then Volk's going to get up. And then it's going to come down to can Islam Makachev keep Volk down enough to make sure that Volk's offense doesn't get off and cause him problems from a striking perspective? Because I think Volk has the power to hurt Islam. Uh, Islam's gotten better with his striking. We saw in the Oliveira fight where. He, he basically knocked Charles down. He caught him with a good punch. But I think Volk, with that low center of gravity and that bowling ball approach, I think it's going to be harder to clip Volk than people are giving um, 
Islam credit for. I, I think it's going to be a tricky fight. So I like, I still like Islam to win the fight, but I think this fight goes the distance. I don't think he necessarily finishes Volk. I think he holds him down and just controls him, knowing how dangerous Volkanovski is. So to me, from a DFS perspective, I love Makashev, but the fact that people are calling for him to finish inside the distance. I think that's a bit naive. I, I think Vulcan actually get this to a decision. I just think Islam's going to win like four rounds to one, and we call it a day. But uh, I do think that this is a more entertaining fight than people give him credit for. I think Volk will have his moments with that Aussie crowd going crazy, standing up. I think he can clip Islam. And if he clips Islam, Islam, this comes an interesting fight. It's like, how her is Islam when he gets clipped? So we shall see. We're going to see. I'm hoping for a good fight, and we, I, I think overall this is going to be a pretty good card. So, uh, you got my thoughts on the, the fights. Uh, obviously, we got the Super Bowl tomorrow. I'll have my prop preview uh, and uh, rundown uh, to start off with, and then my overall thoughts on the game and DFS uh, construction uh, to follow with a second episode So two Super Bowl episodes, stay on the lookout for those. That's all for now. I'm getting out of here. Have a good one, folks. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.